Hi, it's Rob West. Do you need help developing a spending and or debt reduction plan? Trained MoneyWise coaches can assist using practical tools and biblical insights to get you on track. You can request a MoneyWise coach by going to moneywise.org and clicking the community tab. It's almost time to say goodbye to 2022 and hello to 2023. But are you prepared to make the new year a better one? Hi, I'm Rob West. Of course, this is when a lot of folks make New Year's resolutions, usually about how many pounds they plan to lose. But why not make a special resolution to become debt-free in 2023? I'll talk about that, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, so making New Year's resolutions has become a big thing for society as a whole. But did you know that the origin of this exercise in self-improvement is really a Christian tradition? It might explain why folks do it at the start of a year when really you could make them anytime. It's a tradition going back centuries in the Western world and probably has its roots in so-called watch night services held at the end of the year by some Christian denominations. Uh, the idea is for believers to reflect on the past year and resolve to do better in the new one. Uh, God's Word encourages this type of renewal. Let's go to Romans 12, 2, where it reads, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's also evidence that you're more likely to keep your resolutions if you make them at New Year's as opposed to other times. That could be because choosing the first day of the year is like drawing a mental line in the sand. Out with the old, in with the new. People want to make a fresh start. But do we really stick to our resolutions, or has this become just an empty tradition? Different surveys reveal different outcomes depending on how they're worded, but here's one that seems reasonable. About 30% of us make resolutions each new year. By March, only about 30% of them are still following them strictly. By the end of the year, only about 10% have kept their resolutions. Now, that ends up being a pretty small number, but the experts tell us you can greatly improve your chances of keeping your resolutions for the whole year by using the acronym SMART. That's S-M-A-R-T, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. Okay, so all of this brings us back around to the resolution we hope you'll make in 2023, and that's getting out of debt. I'd like to start with a word of encouragement. Uh, For many people, just the thought of getting completely out of debt can seem overwhelming, so they don't try, or they give up too easily. But you don't have to think of it that way. Instead, think of it as a journey, and you're taking one small step at a time. We're not talking about your mortgage here. That's a subject for another time. Just consumer debt. And if you can't envision being out of consumer debt by the end of the year, uh, just think about making some amount of progress instead. Uh, The first thing you need to do is write down all your debts and their amounts. Gather up all your credit card statements, auto loans, and outstanding bills. Then total it up. That might be depressing for a lot of people, but it has to be done. You have to know how much you owe. 
Now, once that's totaled up, make a plan to pay it off. Start by figuring out where you can trim spending from your budget to create margin. That's money left over after all necessary spending. Of course, if you're not on a budget, you need to draw one up. The MoneyWise app will help you do that. Over 37,000 people are now using its digital envelope system, and you can choose from one of three options depending on your management style. Get it wherever you get your apps or go to moneywise.org and click app to get started. Okay, once your budget's set up, you need to know how much you have to attack your debt each month. While still paying the minimum due on each debt, take that surplus money and put it toward the smallest debt each month. When that's paid off, take all the surplus money and start paying off the next smallest debt and so on. This is the snowball method because it picks up speed as you go along. As each debt is paid off, you have more and more money to apply to the remaining debt. It snowballs. But there's a second part to your New Year's resolution to get out of debt. You must also resolve not to take on any new debt. Otherwise, it'll just wipe out your progress. So don't use your credit cards, and if you have to, cut them up. Oh, and one last thing. Remember the SMART acronym? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely? Uh, Choose an amount that you can reasonably expect to pay off in the next 12 months. That may not be all your debt, but set a goal you can meet You want to be in the 10% who keep their New Year's resolutions. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Stick around. At MoneyWise, we are on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from MoneyWise and believe in this mission, would you consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron? Check out all the benefits of a MoneyWise patron's membership at moneywise.org and click Give on the homepage. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions today on anything financial. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you. To Chicago we go. Betty, you're our next caller. Go ahead. Hey, hi. I have several concerns. Um, My husband turned 65 in two months. Um, He's considering leaving his job, um, but we have a mortgage. We've only had the, the house for three years, so we still owe a lot of money on it. My car note should be paid in a few months. He still has a car note, and we're concerned if something should happen to either one of us about life insurance, which is the best type of life insurance for people our age. I'm 58. Yes. Uh, So what income sources will you have in retirement? Um, Will you all begin taking Social Security right right when he retires? 
he would, yeah, he wants to uh, take Social Security. I'm the only, I'll be the only breadwinner because I'm still 58. Um, hopefully, God, you know, keep me healthy. Um, I have a pension that I've been paying into for the last 16 years. His pension, he's been paying into maybe the last five years, so there's not a whole lot in there. Um, we have something similar to a 401k. I just can't think of what it is because I have a pension. They, it's some, it's not a 401k. I forget what they call it. And there's not a whole lot in there either. Um, so my concern is once my husband retires, you know, is affording everything. It's a two flat and I mentioned maybe uh, selling it if we can and getting something smaller like a single family that's more affordable, but the rates are really high right now. Yes. Yeah, very good. Well, I think that's really the key is you've got to start with your family budget. Do you have a sense, Betty, of what it takes you all uh, to fund your expenses on a monthly basis, what your month total monthly expenses are? Um, I'm guessing it's like four grand for everything, including light, gas, uh, utilities, uh, cable, telephones, Sure. Um, well, it's, it's more important now than ever as you head into retirement to really have that nailed down just so you're not guessing and you have a real accurate uh, budget. Hopefully some of those expenses are coming down in this season of life because he's no longer working and there's just certain things that can come off the table. Uh, we'll get to the life insurance in a second, but let me ask this, you know, with Social Security plus your income, do you think you all can cover your expenses every month without uh, having to tap into those? other small retirement accounts that you have? You know, I haven't sat down to calculate it. He was still working and he just mentioned to me recently that he's considering retiring instead of working longer. He wanted to work till 67, but I think he's fed up with his job already. So, um, well, keep in mind, the longer you can delay social security, the better, because every year he starts taking it before full retirement age, it's going to permanently reduce his benefits by about 8%. So I think if, if he could perhaps continue to work a bit longer, especially if you feel like you're behind when you do your budget and look at your income sources, it'd be better to let that social security continue to grow. Even if that means he works longer or perhaps changes to something else. The other option is to work part time, maybe to begin to phase into retirement. Um, but I think it all starts, Betty, with you getting an accurate understanding of what your monthly expenses are, and then comparing that to what you would have in Social Security, plus your income and making sure it balances. And if not, then you need to look for other income sources, namely him either working longer or switching to something uh, part time. And with regard to the life insurance, I think you all just getting a, a, a term policy of maybe 10 years uh, on your life so that if something were to happen to you, he's able to replace that income. Uh, and then the same perhaps on him. Let's keep that duration as short as possible because the goal is to get to a place where you all have your income sources in place through Social Security and retirement savings so that if something were to happen to either of you, there's not any kind of hardship that's created for the other because those income sources persist. So I think your next step is really to do the math 
path and for you all to then sit down, look at the budget, look at your income sources and make a decision on the appropriate timeline for his retirement based on how you'll actually pay your bills and then go ahead and get this life insurance policy in place as well. If you have further questions at that point, give us a call back. But we appreciate you checking with us today. All the best to you as you think through this. Uh, To Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Sue. How can I help you? Hi. um, My husband is 70 and I'm 64. And we have um, about $300,000 in um, stocks in like mutual funds. And um, I'm just concerned about what the stock market might do. And um, I was, I was just wondering, like, should we take it out? Like take half mine out this year. And I mean, take mine out this year and take my husband's out next year. Yeah, a couple of questions for you, Sue. I can certainly understand with the volatility that we've had as of late, how that can be concerning. I think the key is not to react emotionally and really to think this through methodically and based on your investment strategy in light of your needs, goals, and objectives. A couple of questions for you. What do you all have in retirement accounts that's currently invested right now? What's the total amount? About 300000 Okay, and are you pulling an income from that? Are you taking out a, a monthly amount? No, we're not yet. Okay, very good. And what percent is in stocks versus bonds? Do you know? I do not. Okay. I don't. Do you, do you think it's almost exclusively stocks, or do you have no, no idea? No, no, I think there's, I, I think it's a combination. Okay, yeah. So the way we would typically go about this for somebody who's, you know, 70 or uh, you would typically want to have somewhere between 30 and 40% in stocks, just as kind of a rule of thumb as a starting point. And then the balance somewhere between 60 and 70% in bonds, that would be the typical approach. And what that would do is give you some growth component to this thing, but it's also going to help to moderate the volatility because those bonds, especially well, in normal situations, that's been a little unusual this year because the Fed has been raising interest rates so rapidly. The bond prices have been falling just as fast as the stocks in some cases, but that's not typical. Normally, the bonds would be a more stable portion of the portfolio, which would kind of temper some of that volatility. So if the market's, you know, down 30 percent, you know, your portfolio might be down 10 to 15 if you had, you know, 60 or 70 percent in bonds. But what it would do is allow it to continue to grow so that you could draw on income from it uh, and still maintain the principal balance. And we typically look at about a 4% withdrawal rate. So for you all with a $300,000 portfolio, when you're ready to start drawing something out, we would start thinking around, you know, ideally not more than a thousand a month that you'd be pulling out. But with that thousand a month coming out, the idea would be that you could maintain the balance, the principal balance, because the stocks and the bonds are replenishing it. Uh, if you are more highly concentrated toward the stocks, which has given you more volatility, what I would wait for is for the portfolio to recover. We could go down a little more before we go up, but this market will recover ahead of the economy. Remember, the market looks out six months or more, Sue. So if it were up to me, I would probably sit tight, but I would connect with an advisor if you don't have one so that once it recovers, you can reposition it to be a bit more conservative if you're too aggressive, but do it when it recovers, not right now. This is MoneyWise. For a bit longer anyway, we'll change our name in the new year. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the MoneyWise program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. If you're investing for retirement or any other goal, you may be wondering if it's possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market. SoundMind Investing has a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians learn to be wise and faithful stewards in the area of investing. Profit and peace of mind no matter what's happening in the market at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host. We're going to turn the corner now and take your questions on anything financial. What are you thinking about today? I'd love to hear from you at 800-525-7000. We still have some lines open at this point in the broadcast. So if you have a question today, why don't you get in on the conversation? Again, you can do that at 800-525-7000. Let's begin today in Chicago. David, you'll be our first caller. Go ahead, sir. Hello, sir. Thank you for taking my call today. Sure. Uh, my question, my question is about uh, going to school and trying to minimize debt. Uh, currently, I'm going to school full time and uh, working full time, um, but my program is about to get more intense. So uh, I was looking to to do a hardship withdrawal on my 401k and and possibly use my uh, all some of the funds that I I'm put into. Uh, my Roth IRA, just to try to minimize debt. I was wondering if that was a good idea or if incurring the debt would be a better option in letting that money grow. Yeah. Well, I I never like to pull money out of a 401k if at all possible. Um, You're obviously going to have to pay tax on it. Now, as a hardship distribution for up to 12 months of tuition and fees, you can miss that penalty. So at least you'd just be paying the tax on the money that you put in uh, and you got the deduction on it when you originally put it in. So essentially it's kind of a wash. Uh, So that would be a way, you know, for you to access this money, stay out of debt and get through uh, this program. And then the idea would be if you could graduate, hopefully debt-free, you know, you could get your first job and then you'd still have plenty plenty of time, uh, especially if you start, you know, right away contributing back to that 401k or whatever you have available to you once you start uh, your working career. So I'm not a big fan of pulling out of the 401k, but I don't like uh, student debt either. I guess the only thing I would say to you, David, is don't let the fact that this money is sitting there kind of prevent you from getting creative on how you might find other means to fund at least a portion of your education. So can you work on campus? Could you get a job in the summer? Uh, you know, are you, is there an opportunity maybe to still work, but dial it back? Maybe you go part time. Um, let's just try to really minimize what you're having to pull out so that hopefully you've got still something in that 401k when you're done uh, and you're debt free. But if I had to pick between the two and I kind of get myself in a binary trap of one versus the other, I would say, uh, given that you can miss that penalty, let's go ahead and use that 401k money. Since you're still young, you got plenty of time to refund it and let's keep you out of debt. Does all that make sense? Yes, sir, it does. 
Okay. Uh, also, don't miss out on the grants and scholarships opportunity. You know, I've got a uh, somebody, a, a young a son who's in a little different situation than you, probably a little younger, but he's 17, about to be 18, senior in college. And, you know, he's spending a couple hours a week just applying for scholarships everywhere. I mean, there are lists and lists of scholarships and grants, perhaps some that are specific to your niche or program that you don't want to miss out on. So uh, I would, uh, you know, spend some time maybe on the week when you have some downtime looking for opportunities to apply for some of these scholarships and grants, perhaps that you aren't aware of. But if you do a little digging, you might be able to get in on them. And that can add up over time if you can accumulate a few of those. So don't miss that opportunity as well. David, thanks for calling today. All right, back to the phones in our final moments of the broadcast today to Orlando. Jose, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. Hello, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I really uh, appreciate your ministry, and uh, the reason for my call today is I'm reaching uh, retirement, and uh, I was talking to my financial advisors. I have two of them, and they're both kind of leaning towards uh, switching my IRA account into a variable annuity, and I don't know much about annuities, but... uh, they're telling me there's a variable annuity that uh, has a 30% protection. Any loss, uh, the first 30% um, protected again, but it also has the same growth as my IRA account has now. I just wanted your opinion and see if you could uh, give me some more information regarding these annuities. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan uh, of annuities um, just because they tend to be complicated and expensive and you lose access to your funds through surrender penalties and so forth for at least some time. Um, what's going on with your current plan? Tell me uh, what you have today, how much you're down and, and what your age is. Okay. So I'm 61. I'll be 62 in March. And... Um, the account I had I had moved from my 401k uh, a half a million into an IRA because I wanted to have that protection. They said it was it would uh, be protected better against the, the downturns of the market, but it it it's losing as well. And when I called them to see if there was anything else we could do, that's when they suggested this uh, annuity. Um, but, yeah, well, that, that's I'm a little confusing to me, Jose, because there's no difference between a 401k and an IRA in terms of protection against principal loss. It only has to do with the investments that are inside it. Uh, so you're going to be in, you know, inside a 401k, you're invested in mutual funds. Inside an IRA, you could be invested in anything, mutual funds, stocks. They all have the ability to lose money. It's just a matter of how the investments are performing. But the IRA in and of itself provides no protection against principal loss. It's only about the investments that are inside it. So, uh, you know, you didn't in- improve your situation at all by moving from a 401k to an IRA. Uh, you could have stayed right where you are and gotten more conservative by just selecting a different lineup of investments. So something's not quite right about that. I, I might get a second or, you know, or even third opinion. Uh, are you living off this money or are you still working? No, I'm still working. Okay. But I, I, that's one of the things I, I was uh, 
trying to find out if I could live off of this money beginning in March of next year. So you've got a, about a half a million today, is that right, all in? Uh, that's that's in the IRA and uh, just about uh, 200000 still in the 401k. Okay, and what would you want to pull out per month if you were to start living off of it? I would... I would uh, estimate about five thousand dollars. Yeah, that that's going to be a, a little much. I think you're going to need to continue to work for a while because even at seven hundred thousand, you know, we would typically say you ought to think about pulling about four percent a year uh, with a, a portfolio where you could preserve the capital. But that's only twenty eight thousand. By pulling sixty thousand a year, you know, you're you're talking about pulling eight percent out of that and. You know, that's going to start depleting the principal every year, and eventually you'll run out of money. So I think at this point, the thing to do is to leave these right where they are, let them recover, get another advisor to weigh in on the right investment mix for you uh, moving forward, not using an insurance product, and keep working as long as you can and let this grow. I'm out of time, Jose, but I appreciate your call today. Thank you to Jim, Amy, Clara, and Tahira. Thank you for being here as well. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Moneywise is provided by Moneywise Media and listeners like you.